I'm on there. Can you hear me there? Hey, hey, what's going on? Very good. Excellent. Let's get started, Brian. Welcome to Blockchain Bandwagon, uh, the podcast where we explore the depths of blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and the technology shaping our future. I'm your host, Chuck Chakuri, and today we are going to talk about the global crypto framework that was proposed at the G20 last week. We've been following it carefully, trying to understand its implications, and it was very heartwarming to see uh, governments and big leaders come together to talk about crypto. So we're going to talk about that. I'm here with my co-host, Brian. Brian and I like to research and study various aspects of blockchain technology and other topics of interest, and we share that with our audience. Now, let me hand it over to my co-host, Brian who will introduce himself and give us a sneak peek into today's exciting discussion. Hey, hey Chad, great to see you again. Uh, hey, my name is Brian. I've been in the IT staffing business for over 25 years. Um, and uh, like Chuck had mentioned, we love uh, blockchain, all the concepts around it and the technology. And and uh, we, love, we love talking about different subjects. And today, as Chuck mentioned, we are talking about the uh, global framework for a... Uh, for crypto, basically. So um, that'll be very interesting to talk about um, as basically every country has a different rule. Uh, but remember, before we get started, to subscribe uh, here as well as uh, catch us on Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. We're here every Tuesday at 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern. And uh, take it away, Chuck. Awesome. Brian, one of the things when I was researching this, right, and one thing that came to my mind is, why do we even need a framework? You know, why are they even uh, going about framework? I, I uh, actually caught a glimpse of uh, a podcast a couple of days ago. Hmm. Uh, this was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy talking to a crypto expert. And he's trying to form his own policies. And that guy was brilliant. And he, I'm going to just say what I heard there. That sure. actually made a lot of sense to me. Uh, why we? Why do we even have a framework? Why do we even uh, governments are thinking about this? Right? Think about before crypto, there was money, fiat money, right? And fiat money is why is it there? Right? The reason is I think it's mostly for governments to fund their projects, or you know, if they want to go for a war, they can print their money, right? They can just print money and then they pay for it. They talk about financial stability. And then the other thing that they also do is terrorists, you know, people not being ripped off, right? If money is a property, how do you protect it, right? The state has to protect it. Mm -hmm. and, and typically, you know, that's the reason why they even have these laws and rules and regulations. And in that, every country has its own currency. Everybody has their own jurisdiction. Right, and then they operate and do certain way. And the question is, how much of this is applicable to crypto, and why would it not be applicable to crypto? Right? How much of these regulations that we have in existing systems can be portable to crypto? And then, of, then they be, be the topic of crypto came, and I learned something. I found a nice way of framing crypto in general. Crypto is really three things, Brian. Mm -hmm. It's not just one thing, right? The three things are, one, it is like gold, like an asset, like which is Bitcoin, right? It doesn't go up or down. 
it can go up, but there is no more of a Bitcoin, right? The total volume of Bitcoin is same. You own it. You can use it as a currency, just like you would use gold to exchange stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'll give you 10 gold coins. Do this for me. So that is more like a commodity, right? That is half of crypto, at least right now in the market cap, right? Then the yep. rest of the crypto is again two different things. One, like a commodity, right? That is half of crypto, at least right now in the market cap, right? Then the yep. rest of the crypto is again two different things. One is a currency where it is just exchange for goods in a marketplace. Then there is another part of crypto, which is a representation, they call it, right? Like a token. Like mm-hmm. it represents some uh, uh, art, art uh, uh, piece of art, or it represents somebody's driver's license, or it represents a piece of property, right? Mm-hmm. Those tokens, they're not replaceable, like non-fungible, right? Uh, uh, this particular token represents this land, you know, or this token piece of art, or it represents somebody's driver's license, or it represents a piece of property, mm-hmm. right? Those tokens, they're not replaceable, like non-fungible, right? Uh, uh, This particular token represents this land, you know, or this token represents this product, right? And you can have ownership and all of those associated things. So those things, and then the one that is used as currency, I think the governments are focusing on that. And not all of them. Right. Right. So in that one, they're really focusing on how do we. They really needed a global framework because this has no jurisdiction. There is no company printing it. You know what I mean? There is no no government can print crypto they want. Mm-hmm. So that makes it very challenging for them. Right. Because that is how they bring stability into a marketplace. Right. If they they manage supply demand. Right, money supply. That's what the right because that is how they bring stability into a marketplace. Right, if they they manage supply demand, right, money supply. That's what the Federal Reserve Federal Reserves do. You know, that's where I think these guys are figuring out and how do they protect investors and consumers from market manipulation, right? And then how do they do anti-money laundering? So these, I think, are the main reasons they have this framework. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. It does make sense. Yes, it makes sense. It does make sense. I, I, I that's what I learned actually. Yeah, I, I, it's very interesting. Like doing this is, uh, it's it's really interesting. Just a, a, a quick study and a framework. You know, quote a framework, and I find it very ironic that India is the, because they're the, I, I, which I didn't even know this, like each country kind of takes their turn of being, you know, quote leader for the G20, you know, so it was their turn. It was their turn and their big site, whoever's in charge that, you know, in charge that time gets to pick the topic of kind of what their term is going to be. And this was, it was cryptocurrency um, framework. Right. And I find it very ironic because, India has always been very hostile to it. Um, Why did you say that? It's already, I mean, that's fact. They tried to ban it. They've tried to get rid of it, uh, to ban it. 
They've tried to get rid of it. Um, they've tried to put, which they have, they put humongous taxes in place on it. Um, so I just found it very ironic that they are the ones that kind of brought them. Um, they've tried to put, which they have, they put humongous taxes in place on it. Um, so I just found it very ironic that they are the ones that kind of brought this up to provide a framework. Know that. Yes. And so, um, it's very, uh, very interesting. Like what, what's the end game? So they want to see, which the, I don't know if you read the, I read briefly the, the, so they, they had a paper that came out that, that came out. That was the IMF and, um, uh, another agency, Yep. that they did a, a joint paper on that was commissioned by, by the G20. And uh, basically yep. they said, you know, it's bad to, you should not just ban it. There should be no country that bans it. That's just not a way to go about it. There's responsible ways to go about, you know, legislation and, and coming up with a, a, a framework that countries could use. Um, you know, not, not the same, not a blanket for everyone, but uh, there, there was some different steps that they could, you know, each country could use and, and uh, to rein in uh, the Wild West. So I just thought it was very interesting. Uh, so what did they ban? Can you educate me on that? I didn't know what that, that they banned. What did they ban trading or they banned exchanges or? Uh... No, there was, um, they are very hostile to, uh, to um, the cryptocurrency community. So they not, they're, they're not really friendly to entrepreneurship in that area. They're not friendly to taxes. They're not, uh, it's not a place you want to go at this point to start up a, any cryptocurrency company. Let's put it that way. But this is like, basically going on in India. They're not really friendly to entrepreneurship in that area. They're not friendly to taxes. They're not, uh, it's not a place you want to go at this point to start up a, any cryptocurrency company. Let's put it that way. But this is like, basically going on in India. What's that? There are a lot of blockchain projects going on in India. So again, blockchain projects may be on there, but they're not cryptocurrency. When you say cryptocurrency, they buy, they did they ban like Binance and people like those companies? I don't know that they strictly banned it, um, but they're not very friendly to it. It's kind of like USA. USA is not very friendly to these companies. The USA is not a not a haven for cryptocurrency. They're if we keep on going down this way. Like the path that we are legislation, because there's really nothing in place, but the SEC is going after after everything so harshly, um, and our taxes, frankly, are not the best. Uh, this will not be a hub for innovation, for sure. Yes, no, no, I I see where you're going with it. So what? Because when we talked about blockchain in the past, we talked about which countries were embracing, which were countries were quick to create regulations. Mm -hmm create a supportive environment for, you know, yep. uh, use of crypto, right? In the marketplace, yep. uh, the ease with which you can convert from one to the other, all of that. Uh, and you're right, but we have, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe the way India may be interested is they are really big on CBDC. I don't even know what that is. Right. Central bank digital currency. Oh, but that's their own currency, right? So it's going to yes, be their yes, own yes, currency yes, to come yes. out. That's, that's yes. not, that's, that's even more unfriendly, right? So th their taxes are a minimum of 30%. So that is highly unfriendly. India is a very progressive taxing 
economy, right? Because the lowest poor people don't pay, the rich people pay a lot. But you pay your taxes based on your capital gains from any cryptocurrency that you have. So it doesn't matter if you're poor or rich, doesn't matter, you're paying your, you're paying 30%. Oh, that's how much they have, capital gains? Yes. In this country or there? In there, in India. I see. But even we have 25% capital gains. Crypto is not considered capital gains? It is absolutely considered capital gains, but there's a lot of ways around it. India has a very strict policy. Anything on crypto is 30%. Oh, so, so oh, I see. So for us. So there are a few countries, right? There's a few countries. So um, China, for instance, they've they've banned a lot of things. They have set very strict limits on a lot of aspects of crypto. Bangladesh, Morocco, Bolivia, Algeria have all completely banned crypto all just across the board. Um, other countries have, like India have, have an extremely high tax rate and we have an extremely high tax rate uh, for capital gains. Um, and then you have the other side, right, of very friendly places. Um, to, and each one has their own set of rules. Uh, but um, some places, if you hold your currency for a while, uh, usually it's a year, there is no capital gains um, because they don't want the day trade. They don't want the, the traders there to think that they're country to say, but it's very interesting. It's just, I, I found this topic very interesting. Yeah, because no, when you said, I mean, it makes sense now why India was focused on bringing this because the four things that came out of uh, this G20 framework, right? The goals they kept for is financial stability, market integrity, consumer protection and environmental risks. So they were worried about this and they, what they were promoting and uh, asking everybody else to play a role in this is increased transparency and oversight of crypto asset markets. Because India doesn't have, uh, at least it has a history of Indian, the well-to-do Indians stealing money and putting it in Swiss banks. And Swiss <laughs> right. For sure. So there was a lot of those problems. Uh, you know, even the just the other day, uh, the chief minister of one of the states got arrested for oh, wow. bribery charges. <laughs> so I don't know. He was found with so much money in shell companies and eight years after that. So wow. a huge amount of money. Right? So there are things like that happening. And if you if they allowed crypto to run freely, these guys would not have been ever caught, mm -hmm. right? So that may be the reason. And now they're pushing for uh, increased transparency because once they have some kind of agreement with people in Switzerland or wherever, hey, you need to share this. Then they'll probably be open to allowing it. You know what I mean? They're mm -hmm. trying to mitigate their own risk. They want to open it, but they can't unless everybody else agrees with it. I don't know. That's how I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of doubt. <laughs> kind of the opposite side with that is, and I think they wanted to see like a more of a crackdown in my opinion. Um, yeah, they would like to see more heavy safe. handedness more. It's not even be about safe. It's about heavy handedness because frankly, number one, um, what, what's the power of a nation, right? You can print your own currency. That's, that's basically huge. Actually, you can print your own currency. And then the world decides, is your currency valuable or it's not? So we're just in a position 
in the fortunate position that we're the world's leading currency and everybody trusts the United States dollar. So yeah. we can print as much as we want. Like literally we can print, we, and we have, we've printed as much as we want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And uh, you can constantly print it. Well, cryptocurrency, the blockchain, that changes the game. They, there's nobody to control that. Yes. Um, and now should there be some reins in? For sure. There should be something that, that uh, like Singapore, for instance, excellent haven. If you're a criminal, you probably don't want to do business there because they're, they have some pretty strict laws um, around cryptocurrency, but it's very free, very tax friendly. Uh, it's, it's exchange friendly. Uh, it's, it's great to open a business there, uh, anything around crypto or, or blockchain. Uh, so it's a, it's a great place. It's a great place for innovation and people will, people have flocked there and they will continue to flock there. Um, and there's a handful of countries like that. Uh, and, and I think as, as time goes on, we're going to see, uh, something has to happen on a global scale, right? So, or, or a majority scale that will rein in some of the bad and exploit the good, let people exploit when they're, you know, on the good side per se. Now what that looks like, I have no idea, uh, but that that's that needs to happen at some point for this to really fly and, and be a, a new way to do business. Yes, it is definitely a new way to business, but because one of the things that, uh, I read somewhere right now today. Let's say I think the the framework what they're asking is let's all have a uniform way of tracking and you know mm -hmm. uh, some standards around uh, definitions. You know what are the assets, right? How do we risk reduce our common risk, right? Right. Not just a framework, but then if you compare that with fiat currency. In fiat currency, the way the regulations are really enforced is basically there is always some intermediary, right? If I want to send you money, I have to send it to bank through some intermediary that is, you know, controlling our accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, the government basically enforces this intermediary, say, hey, if Chuck ever deposits more than 10,000, let me know, right? If Brian ever deposits more than 10,000, I need to know, right? If Chuck does anything, so the banks are supposed to know their customers, right? They'll ask for my social security, their my address. They they know everything about me before I open an account, right? So they are so focused on knowing the customer. In the blockchain, or in a in crypto world, you don't know who the person is. No, but you, have, you have a, you have an online identity though. You have a you, you know yeah, we don't know. It is, so. We can have ten people. So for instance, if I, so money laundering, for instance, right? So that's, that's the big thing. Like, oh, hey, there's, there's nefarious, you know, Bitcoin and all the crypto, it's all nefarious and they're doing bad things with it. Well, you can track that across what wallets are doing. What? Um, yeah, it takes some skill. Yes. But as a money launderer, you never catch me if I don't, I don't have to ever use a bank. So money laundering is not about using banks. That's the first thing. So I don't know, you know, maybe money law people don't know how to launder money. Just no, 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 no. What I didn't say money laundering is about banks. I said the way the regulations are written. Is no, no, no. I get everything over ten thousand is a deposit, right? So you have to no. have a reason or there's something of that sort. There is a there is a means of enforcement, right? The way of to enforce is knowing the customer, monitoring the customer. But that's just the banks, right? But banks are enforced to do that by the but that's just banks though, right? So you're saying that the crypto community, so a, a 
And the crypto that's no bank. And I'm just saying, so an exchange should say, okay, well, on the blockchain, you can see how much money was, but you would say out of this wallet, there was $22 million worth of this crypto moved, right? That's public knowledge. Yes. Right? So what's what's behind it, right? So you may not know who it is, but you know it came from this wallet. Yes. And I think you're absolutely right. So one of the argument for regulation in this one is instead of knowing a KYC, do your KYT, right? So instead of there are 10 million people, instead of keeping track of 10 million people, you only focus on the transaction, right? If you see a big transaction or a suspicious movement, then follow the transaction, know that transaction rather than knowing all 100 million people. Right. Right. So the argument is you can actually do better money laundering, tracking and all of that on a blockchain because you don't really need to know the people, you need to know the transaction, mm-hmm. right? You know where this transaction is coming from. How is it coming from? You know what I mean? What is the, how frequently it is happening rather than where did Chuck get his money from? You know what I mean? It's, right. it's really, uh, so that shift has to happen to really make that environment. You know what I mean? So if the transaction is happening, then somebody, is there, let's say, Brian, if I had a large computer, mm-hmm. right, and I plug it into some blockchain and I start mining, I can make money right there. I have money without needing any bank. Okay. Right? I yeah. have. But you're getting money for doing a, a service, right? So you're doing a service. To get that yeah, I, I'm mining. I'm just I can mm-hmm. now mine and I make money right. and then I can use it to do anything I want. Right, just like you mm-hmm. would go to a real mine and mine for diamonds. Same exact thing. Yeah, but I no, but how uh, how can anybody collect taxes on it? You see, if who is going to be paying taxes on it? Let's say I put a machine because it's, this is all ta- you you know this is all tax. I mean, everything that gets done is taxed. So and that's why. The U.S. government is taxing you if you no, no, let's say I put a machine in in Bahamas. So right? it depends on their tax rate, right? So, so there are some places, like let's say Portugal, for instance, they have zero. You have zero capital gains tax in Portugal. Yeah, but no, you're not. I'm. I'm, asking I'm not understanding. That. I don't understand. Right. Okay. Let's say I have a computer. Yeah. A powerful computer. Yeah. Connected to Ethereum network or a blockchain, a Bitcoin yeah. network. Okay. I, I mine. And I make 100 Bitcoin. Okay. Maybe over a period of a year, whatever that is. Right. You don't know where the machine is. You don't know who that person is. You know this person just made $300,000. So I do know where that machine is because it has a IP address. I know exactly where the machine is. Okay. So if it is in a ship on the, uh, in the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know it is in the ship. Now, is he... Mexican, is he Canadian, is he Indian, is he... Um, so you being an American citizen, you're American, right? No, but I, you don't know if I own the machine. So you can't see which country will claim taxes to that. I, I don't know. I, I have to look it up. But there's so these are, these are some of the challenges. I'm not saying we have an answer, yeah. but these are the things that they all, all countries have to agree. Hey, if he's 10 miles from me, he's mine. You know, if he's 10 miles from you, he's mine. This, these type of things, they have to figure it out in this framework. 
I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, right. I'm with you. So it, it is, it, it raises a lot of the things that I don't know how long this framework will take to get implemented, but it's going to be very interesting to see how this will evolve. Well, and, there is no framework. There is no, no, there's just talk right now. So India just came out, I think today that said they're going to, within the next two months, they'll let basically everybody know what they're going to, what their stance on cryptocurrency will be. Uh, on their individual stance. Mm -hmm. But in yep. this particular document that they put out, that G20 is basically an appeal to all the other countries to collaborate, really. No, it just is, all, all it was, was, uh, was it came out with just their suggestion, right? Just a suggest, just a very, not, nothing specific, just nothing specific. Suggestion. Yeah, you're right. Just a suggestion, just, okay, this is the way, this is how, you know, we see it as a non-biased area, which of course they're biased, but yeah. as a non-biased conformist. Yes. We're, we're going to put this out. You're right. This is, it's not, nothing specific in this one. That's a good point. Because this is just, uh, they identified four areas of mm -hmm. cooperation. Yep. Like they, they kind of divided the whole topic into four. One is like increased transparency. You know, so if somebody sends, hey, there is a comp computer in your country that got 20 million from a computer in my country. <laughs> Let's go figure it out who it is from your side and I'll go figure it out on my side. You know? If they say, no, I can't tell you who, we have freedom of speech, we can't go, then there's, the other side is kind of screwed. Right. Uh, are you talking about transactions? So if I send you money for a product or service? Yeah, or transparency. So they were, they're asking for, let's all be transparent about these things. Got it. Right. And then how you, then there is the other thing, right? If one company is, one country is charging 4% tax and other countries charging 10% tax, mm -hmm. then everybody's going to go to the country with 4% tax. Well, if you can, you will, right? Yes. But you can put, if you can put the money on exchange, you don't know. There's no controls here. So there are, so there's certain, so Binance, for instance, you can't buy stuff on Binance right now here in the United States. Yes. Right. So you know you're not, Right? Yeah, but I can have a VPN from a British. I can buy a VPN from UK and look like I'm from UK. And that's that's fine. Again, you might be breaking the law. That's up to you to do. How right? am I breaking the law? I don't know. So is that, I, I don't know the laws. Yeah, am I, I breaking the law? I don't know, right? Well, if you're shadowing your, you know, hey, showing something that, hey, I want to do something I'm probably not supposed to be doing. Um, why, why is it wrong? Because I mean, you're a U.S. Like, citizen. That's why. No, no. I can I not work for a UK company. Man, you still get taxed for the United States. Yes, correct. If I get paid. No, you get. Have yeah. you have you never worked overseas? You get taxed by. The, you're an expat. You get taxed from from the United States. Let's say I work for a. I don't know. If you work for if you work for IBM and you're in Germany, right? you get taxed in the United States as well as Germany. You get taxed double. Yeah. That's true. If I have income in India, right? The way that it works is, let's say I paid more tax in India, right? So let's say mm -hmm. I made $100. My tax, I, my tax rate in US is mm -hmm. 
let's say. So I owe $20 to United States, right? Being a citizen of India, because I made $100 I guess so. anywhere right. in the world, right? But then I paid $30 of taxes to India. Okay. Then America won't collect that $20 from me. Yes, they will. No, they don't. Because usually I already paid taxes on it. So everything that gets tax credited to me. No, oh, okay. I, so I, no I, I, get, I just, uh, I know for a fact that's not fact. I, I know for a fact that's you, you get double taxed, at least for a certain amount of time. And it, it may not be forever, but it's definitely for a certain amount of time you'll get taxed by the United States. I've had friends that worked overseas, and that was a big thing. They had to get more money to work overseas because the U.S. still taxes them. Hmm. Interesting, because the, the 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 use cases that I'm talking about is some of the people that I know who sold property, ancestral property in India. So okay? that, that may be totally different, right? That's you're talking about selling a property. I'm talking about working. I'm talking about doing, you know, maybe selling property is completely different. Maybe selling a business. But that's still income, right? But maybe it's, it's different, right? So it might be different. It's not working, right? Maybe. Maybe. Yep. Yeah. So then when you pay taxes there, you still have to report mm -hmm. it as income on, on, on U.S. tax. So yeah, no, it's just, it's, uh, no, I, like you said, this whole thing of digital assets, digital things. So it's like countries need to be on, there needs to be something that they're on the same page about, right? At least fundamentally on the same page. They don't have to have the same rules, That's but exactly they need to the be point. fundamentally yeah. on the same page, you know, because every country is different of, Hey, well, I have to pay back taxes yeah. here. I have to get double tax. I get this. So it doesn't make sense. So, but most people, it needs, there's going to be something that everybody's on the same page, which nobody's on the same page. That, that, right? that, that's, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's where they're trying to do right. to get all the countries on the same page. Because what, what they talked about, and the reason I brought that up is that there is something called regulatory arbitrage. Mm -hmm. So if there is a, people will go to that, differences in regulations or differences in taxes or differences in, and then they try to take advantage. Of right. So they're trying to prevent that. Right. Right. And then the other one is protection for consumers and innocent. This is something interesting. They said in that particular topic. So if I have to say right now, I can issue a token. Do I have to report or register that token anywhere? Uh, United States, you're supposed to. Token, any token I register? Yeah, you're Who supposed to. Yes, they, that's SEC had that. But now every token I don't know, but I believe it does. I believe you need to register. Because of security, yes. Because they, well, because they say all tokens are securities, right? That's their stance. That's the SEC stance right now. Every coin besides Bitcoin. Even is, NFT, is a NFT is a security? No. So I don't know. NFTs are not coin. They're not, that, that's not a token. NFT is not a token. I mean, it's an unfungible token. Yes, but right. So I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say token, there are two types of tokens: fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens. Fungible tokens is what you're talking about. They can be securities. Yes, correct. Agreed. Yes. Right. Because they are like a currency. Correct. Or at and least that's the way they're. Yes. I see. So when you have a token that is used as a currency, that needs to be registered. Right. Yes. Okay. So that is one of the things. And maybe in some countries it is not because they're saying that that registration should be standardized. 
Yeah, I mean, because you know, there's going to be there's going to be the have and have nots when they come to this. That there's not a, a consensus, at least a, like we said, on some level, um, a consensus because everybody's going to flock to the countries that are very uh, very friendly. Yeah, because this registration becomes interesting, right? If I'm registered in, uh, say, China, should I also register in U.S.? Should I also register in India if some people from India want to buy that? You know, these are like a lot of open questions that they have to address on this, I think. Right. Right. So that is one thing they want to make sure that is that one. Yeah. I think they're talking about environmental risks. I know, are they still talking about environmental risks, like from Bitcoin being like consuming a lot of energy and all that? You know, that's fine. I think that's kind of, yes, I think it's still just assumed, but it's, it's very, it's getting more environmental friendly as we go along. Yeah, there's maybe they're talking better about ways, the energy consumption and, and things of that sort is getting better. So I think that's pretty much the four things that they talked about, you know, in, in like, yeah. like you're right, there were no specifics, not really actionable. No. And I guess each uh, country with their own SEC or type of organization, they have to figure out individually the specifics. Yeah, and I think as this gains more more traction, you know, in this space, the blockchain starts to grow and and tokenization starts to happen more. And as people become get on board, I think it it will force the government's hand, you know, the world's hand, and uh, have to do something. Um, and it's going to be more, in my opinion, I think it'll be more friendly than adversarial uh, because it's going to prove like, hey, there's one money to be made for countries or entities or what, however they determine it. And uh, there'll be opportunity for um, for growth. I No, I saw this as a good sign and that's why I put this because I think when governments at this level of press comes towards crypto, Right. I think there will be a lot more enthusiasm for it again. Yeah, I, I, I think it's both. Right. I don't think I think if they could eliminate it, they would. <laughs> they would completely get rid of it. All this stuff. Um, Do you think they would eliminate it? Hundred percent. They absolutely would. Because they eliminate it's not crypto? controlled. Right. It's not controlled. They don't control it. That's the whole thing. If you look at governments, they're in the control business. So, um, that that's the thing they don't like. Is that's a great thing. That's and that's why I love, and I think that's why you love the block, you know, blockchain and their concepts and things of that sort because it's open, it's transparent, and uh, it's a consensus, right? Yes. And but anybody no, can participate. anybody can participate. Yes, I mean I like it for that, but you know, the idea that blockchain will not work five years ago was mostly for technical reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Now we know it works. We know there's a market. There's a lot of market cap built into crypto right now. And now I'm actually came across a couple of articles based on what you just said. They're going to shut it down. (laughs) They're going to shut it down. I mean, that I was when I first read one of those articles. It showed me a dip. Oh, man, there is a possibility. (laughs) Right. Even however small it is. And I still think they will let it happen. I don't think the governments, it's beyond their ability to stop it. Don't you think? 
I think so, but um, it, it's a very interesting topic, right? It's, it's a very interesting what topic. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think they'll shut it down? What is it? What is your... They've already tried. I already think, I think they tried multiple times by right, whether it's leaking information in media, whether it's going on a disinformation uh, campaign of right. So when you said, you know, five years ago, it was like, you know, this is never going to work because they came up with, oh, it's never going to be able to scale. It is too, it, the environment, it's going to kill all the environment. We're all dead because of it. <laughs> you know, this Bitcoin mining is out of control and it's killing the planet. And, uh, you know, once all that stuff is kind of, everybody's been debunked, obviously all of it has been basically debunked and scalabilities. Yes, it's still an issue, but it's, People are coming up with great ideas of how to scale, of how to do things quicker, of how to do things more efficient, of how to do things you know transparent that were never transparent before. Um, there becomes more and more and more reason to do it, and so you'll always see the disinformation from the other side as well. So you can't do it because right this you can't do it because this, and it will always overcome that. That's why I think it will always stay around and it will become even more. I just thought of something. Remember last year when we were talking about FTX was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, it's, you know, they were what spending. Did, spending what did the like, media say about that? Huh? Well, remember what the media was saying at the time? Yeah. They were like, oh, this is a scam. It's like, you know. Yeah. But a year now, nobody is even talking about FTX anymore. No. What have we heard about the, uh, oh, what have we heard about the banks that have collapsed? You don't hear anything about those anymore. You know, you get one and that's about it. Uh, let alone, you know, FTX, that was not because of anything that anyone did. That's because of the, you know, greedy people at the top, right? So it's going to be interesting. How do you think the politics we play, the, these elections, do you think if uh, Ramaswamy wins, we'll have a better crypto? I, I don't, you know what, I think, um, I honestly don't, I don't think it matters who's in, uh, in charge. I think it's, it, it does. It does. It's, it's, it's not about who's president, it's about who's in Congress, because they're the ones that make the laws, and that's the ones you care about. President doesn't make the laws. Now they can be friendly about it, and they can. No, they can he controls SEC. He controls SEC and their mandate, and he tells them. So even though the what we have is this, the Congress creates the laws to be executed by the bureaucracy, and the bureaucracy is supposed to report to the president. No, 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 no. no. They do it to the judicial side, right? They create the Congress creates the laws. Judicial enforces the laws, and the president. Yeah, but only if somebody breaks them. What's that? What do bureaucrats do then? What does the SEC do? The SEC is not a judge; it's part of no, the bureaucracy. They're there to enforce laws, so they make they make they enforce laws, and then they whatever law is in place right now, they determine what they think that is, and if you don't agree with it, such as right Coinbase, they're going to sue the SEC, and that will go to the Supreme Court, right? Yes. So you will say that is not right. So then that's the law, right? So then they say this is, is it in the Constitution? Is it in any of the other laws that have been passed? What is it? What does the law say? Yeah, but the, the, don't the bureaucrats have uh, discretion? Like if there are 20 laws that are kind of conflicting or how this is. So again, you can interpret things however you want, right? 
Yeah. But it's up to the judicial system to enforce those. Right. So if you don't, if I don't agree with you, right, you say, hey, you are operating in bad faith. You do this. I say, no, you're wrong. Suing you. And then that's the courts decide. No, but when I say that, doesn't the president have a right to define who heads the SEC? Yeah, so that has nothing to do. Yes, they can absolutely do that. And they can say they can make their own set of rules. So they can make rules and they can make that, but they cannot make laws. Yes. No, no, I'm with you on that. But those rules. The head of the SEC, head of the Fed, uh, of course, absolutely. That's their right. They can put judges in place. Uh, Yes, that is part of presidential. Because after listening to Vivek on the questions he was asking about crypto, he was no expert on crypto at all because he was also kind of listening to this guy like he was asking questions that i would ask you know right. <laughs> how does this work what has happened you know yeah. what are the challenges right so but i don't think trump and biden and these guys or DeSantis or jfk jr or anybody is asking those kind of questions for them it's this is not even an issue uh so even though it might not be it- it might not be an issue. Um, it's definitely an issue in Congress. And there are bills, as we talked about a few weeks ago, that are in Congress. Um, and the lobbying from the uh, the blockchain space is uh, is increasing on a daily basis. Oh, so those guys are influencing the Congress to... Lo- of course. You want something that's very friendly, right? I see. So they're, they're, that's what they're doing, the blockchain lobby and the crypto lobby. Right. Exactly. So that's a lobby for anything, right? You lobby and you pay your money and you have people lobby for, hey, uh, if this bill comes up, we need you to vote this way or, hey, we need this bill to be pushed along or you need to take this in, take this out. We'd like to see that. Right. That's as governments get bigger. Unfortunately, that's uh, that's the way things work. Awesome. Anyway, with the lobbies and uh, all of these things, I think our next podcast talking about elections would be very fascinating. I think it would. I think that's a I think that might be a good direction to take a uh, take a quick gander at. Yeah. Is uh, let's see who is on our callers. Let's open it up. Hey, Akash, uh, or Karnal, Shiva. Anybody wants to chime in? Please join the caller queue. Akash. Thank you. Thank you for the wonderful uh, podcast. I've been listening for the past uh, half an hour or so. I joined 10 minutes late. It was a real interesting Uh conversation about the crypto framework. The main podcast. Uh, I recently followed the G20 as uh, chocolate as a goal. I think uh, they do have uh, they do have something for the digital infrastructure transformation also in one of their agenda and uh, uh, recently uh, before or uh, uh, on the day of the G20 summits either to, uh, one of the days uh, there was an interview from Geeta Gopinath who is uh, uh, one of the managers who is in the head positions of IMF, International Monetary Fund. Uh-huh. 
so she was telling about mm-hmm. the significance of this collaboration the word of collaboration which is the main motto of the G20 summit in India this year uh, and how it could affect the the macro financial consequences and uh, she also uh, told that there is no talk about uh, uh, banning the cryptocurrencies in India uh but it is just like the assets of uh, bitcoin will not be used as a legal tender as it yeah, would okay. compromise the monetary uh, sovereignty uh should we tell about the frameworks as well few frameworks which which should be implemented and one last thing which i wanted to tell about that uh thing about uh, the another goal about the g20 which was about to triple the uh, renewable source of energy and uh, uh blockchain or crypto being the uh, uh aml friendly uh i think now it's been changed because of the pos method being utilized rather yep, than yep, the yep. proof of work uh i think uh, th- there already been uh, solana and tezos they're already been using the pos methods yeah i think uh, we can see much more sustainable in future yes i mean there is a energy reduction is definitely there but then i think what you just said switching to more renewable energy right rather than regular energy is also important because if blockchain is going to consume more energy however it consumes even if it comes in less than what it did before they want to use sustainable energy right that's what i gathered from what you said yes truly i think uh, yeah. yeah so i just want to i'm sorry Go ahead. No, no. You just mentioned very important, uh, Brian. This is for you, and Akash probably knows. Digital payment infrastructure. Okay. Right. This is something India built uh, to basically. It's a socialism socialist program inside India. What they do is, government when uh, during the pandemic, right. and this is something modi did i was like it was brilliant mm-hmm. when the pandemic started he asked his people what happened in how many how did people die in the spanish flu and the answer he got was more people died of starvation than of the flu mm-hmm. right so what he did is he already had a payment system in india and then he transferred money to about i don't know half a billion people some i don't know the number but huge number of people mm-hmm. just money into their accounts mm-hmm. and then they stayed there and then they took care of themselves and india was able to beat pandemic if they were to go out and do things it would have been a bigger mess because of the country and you know mm-hmm. of all of it right i think we need something like that We already did that. We did that during the pandemic. We don't. We have. Where do we have it? We have right you, now. You, had, you you got an electronic deposit into your account from the government during the pandemic, twice, if not three times. Not and that's not for everybody though. For people like us, it did it did not go to people who did not have like homeless people. Right. Yeah. So over there, how do they, they how do they take care of it if you were if you're not 
register and they don't know where you live or you don't have uh, a that is the infrastructure, right? We don't have that infrastructure. So, so how, how, I'm asking, I don't know. Like how does yeah. somebody that doesn't is is not online so he he brought people online. So that's how he did it. He gave them phones, he put it on payments, people can get you they they had something called an other card, which is like identity system, right? And that was linked to every phone and people would get money. That that is the infrastructure stopping. We as we also have much more sophisticated infrastructure than India, but we we don't have it like covered everywhere. Right. So th that I thought was brilliant. And we need to do that here so that we can send money to people who are really hurting so that they don't go and loot stuff and stuff like that. That's, a, that's a topic for another day. Yes. I got a lot of thoughts around those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, uh, Kamal or uh, Karno? Akash, anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, no, I think uh, that was that was a good point uh, about the infrastructure being built as well. Yeah, surely I think uh, India needs to be appreciated of the thoughtful mind uh, that he got at that point of time. That was yeah. Yes, yeah, we did that, but we we kind of uh, we didn't do it even properly, right? People who didn't need money also got it for us. Exactly. Right, you and me probably didn't need it. We got it, but we couldn't get it. True. I would have to check into that. <laughs> that okay. Anyways, that's, uh, that's like this a lot is of great. Fun. Akars, it seems to be like uh, my my week, scope uh, of domain, so that I can talk more. <laughs> into artificial <laughs> intelligence and predicting elections and things like that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. Switch okay. it up a little bit. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yes. yes. And <laughs> if you want to talk more, go read up on a website called 538.com. They are the premier uh, site for predicting elections and stuff. Okay. Thank you so much, Brian. Is there any, anything Thanks, else? Guys. Oh, hey, Shiva. Hey. hey. hey How Shiva. The, uh, this, yeah, I was driving here. So. Uh, yeah, it's uh, how the inflation valuation of when the invoice for like a G20 summit, they're talking about the framework, they set up how the exchange of the currency and uh, how the valuation they will set it. Uh, that's a very good point you bring up. Brian, you want to take that? Like, how does inflation uh, managed in cryptocurrency work? In fiat currency, we all know. How is it managed in crypto? How, what, how does inflation work? Well, inflation works in a lot of different ways. That's just across the board. Especially for cryptos. <laughs> crypto. We're talking about in crypto, not in fiat currency world. So I, I don't know. Like in the crypto world, I, I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's usually, I, I mean, it's very interesting, right? Because is it a digital asset is it a store of value is it um you know what is it because usually as right as um as inflation increases gold increase right gold will increase yep. your fiat yep. comes down right so it's usually an inverse relationship but as we have seen the last few years those rules are out the window now 
Right? Yes. Gold goes up, yeah. goes up, everything's up, inflation's up, dollars up. I mean, it's just, it's the reason the dollar feels like it's down because you're not making, right? So you don't make more. It's not like, hey, inflation goes up 5%. You don't make 5% more. You don't make 8% more to cover. Your dollar is exactly the same. So obviously it's less, you, it's, it's worth less yes. to buy things. Now, I, as far as I, I think digital currency, that's a good question. I have, I have a, I, I actually read him somewhere and I'm going to share that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm an expert. I'm not an expert, but this is, I, I usually speak from first principles. And Brian did bring up an important point. When we were pegging the dollar to gold, it was a different equation. Now there is no, that peg is not there. So the government controls inflation by money supply, right? So what is really inflation? Inflation is uh, the value of the currency itself, right? So a dollar today, is it still a dollar, right? Then how would I know if it's still a dollar is like how much bread it can buy, right? If a dollar can buy less bread, the dollar is not as valuable anymore. If the dollar can buy more bread, the dollar became more valuable, right? Now, how does the value of the currency itself change? When you, what, the way it changes is there is more currency than people need, then it becomes useless. There is less currency than people need, then it becomes valuable. So that how much currency is needed in the marketplace is controlled by the money supply. Now that's in fiat. In blockchain, you have to say, how is money created? Money is only created when there is a transaction happening. So the, the coins are mined only when there is market activity, mm -hmm. right? If there is more market activity, more money is created, okay? So then more money is automatically created when there is more money so the value of the money stays the same. Now let's assume there's a lot of money got created and nobody's doing anything, okay? Then what happens is everybody has a lot of money and very little selling to do marketplace activity, right? Because in the previously there was so much market activity and so much money was created. Now the market activity dropped. Now there is so much money. So when they build a machine currency system, they have something called burner accounts, okay? So then they take this excess amount of money and then they just destroy it. Instead of creating it, they just destroy it so that the value of the money is still the same. So the cost of the bread is still the same, right? That is how they control yeah, that's That is how they control the value of the token. Right. Make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it does. That's how they control rather than producing more because you can't produce more Bitcoin or more Ethereum. You have to. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you answered like uh, it is not like inflation where we control the money from the dollar, but the government. It's all, uh, with the example, you explained like if the more money is there, no transaction automatically the value will go.
Yeah. Awesome. If uh, everybody is done, I think that was a very interesting conversation, Brian. Very yeah, engaging. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting. Uh, I learned a lot. Yep, I agree. That was good. So that's it. Bye, folks. Thank you so much for listening and joining and participating. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. See you next.